0: Hi, I'm Jeremiah Johnston. Here's the podcast for the Jeremiah Johnston Show. And don't forget, you can also listen live across the Faith Radio Network Saturdays at 11 a.m. Central or 12 Eastern for the entire hour. And if you want your question read on the live show, go ahead and send it to me at www.askjjj.com. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Welcome to the Jeremiah Johnston Show combining cutting-edge biblical scholarship with meaningful thought-provoking discussions and practical answers to your questions. It's time to own your faith and be a Christian thinker with our host, author, Bible scholar, apologist, and president of the Christian Thinker Society, Dr. Jeremiah Johnston. And I want to wish all of you joining us for the Jeremiah Johnston Show this weekend or wherever you're listening from, if you're listening to the podcast later, a very happy Thanksgiving from all of us who make this show happen at Christian Thinker Society and our friends at Faith Radio Network. This is your host, Jeremiah, broadcasting from Houston, Texas. And on the controls are our trusted colleague, producer of the Jeremiah Johnston Show, Mr. Nat Becker, who is at the Mothership and St. Paul, Minnesota, wishing you and your family, your loved ones, your friends a very happy Thanksgiving and also a cheerful Advent Christmas season. This is a unique time of year, and it's very unique to the United States of America. I must say, Uh, having lived for a couple of years in the United Kingdom and England and even in Canada, where they do have a Thanksgiving holiday that happens in early October, but it's different, and the history is certainly different, Um, We are unique in the United States uh, that we have a holiday separated uh, that is a federal national holiday where we're reminded uh, that this country wouldn't exist without God and his good providence in all of our lives. Remember what Jesus said. He says it rains on the just and the unjust and we are beneficiaries of his grace Uh, Whether we know him or not, whether we love him or not, God's grace is all around us. And in fact, in that vein of gratitude, I want to begin this broadcast a little bit differently than I normally begin, because this is the show that helps you hit those tough questions head on. And we have an incredible broadcast lined out for you today. I'm going to be talking to my good friend, Dr. Gregory Jantz, who's on hold with us in just a few seconds. Uh, we're going to be talking about addictions and what an important topic is we're all around friends and family this weekend, this not only this weekend, but this holiday season, those that are struggling in an di- addiction or a mental challenge. So we're going to have a great conversation, but I want to begin this broadcast, wherever you're listening from, by reading from the Word of God. It's a passage out of Luke's Gospel, the 17th chapter. And it says, while well, Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem, he was passing between Samaria and Galilee. He entered a village, ten leprous men who stood at a distance met him. And they raised their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and give yourselves to the priest. And they, as they were going, these lepers were cleansed. Verse 15 said, Now one of them, when he saw that he had been healed, turned back, glorifying God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face and on his feet, giving thanks to God, and he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered in verse 17, what an important passage for us to remember in this, in this special time. Were there not ten cleansed? But the nine, where are they? Was no one found who returned to give God the glory except for this foreigner And he said, stand up and go, your faith has made you well. Isn't it fascinating? Here Jesus performs a miracle of physical healing, and only one of the ten lepers returns to say thank you. Friends, I don't know about you, but I always want to be numbered with the one who said, thank you, God, praise God. So wherever you're listening from today in this podcast if you're listening live across our radio network, just pause and say thank you, Jesus, for all that you've done for me. Thank you, God, for the ways that you've blessed my life. It's amazing when we worship God how it changes our whole perspective. Now, we've got a great broadcast on tap today. We're going to take a quick break for 90 seconds. Stay with us, and then I look forward to introduce you to my good friend, Dr. Gregory Jantz. You're going to have a lot of hope from today's broadcast. Stay with us. And welcome back to the Jeremiah Johnston Show on Faith Radio Network. And, friends, uh, I'm so excited to actually have with me in studio today Dr. Gregory Jantz. And Dr. Jantz is the founder of The Center, a place for hope in Edmonds, Washington. Dr. Jantz, thank you so much for joining us on the program today.
1: Hey, good to be with you.
0: It's a a delight to have you. Um, I'm holding in my hand, friends, Dr. Jansen's excellent new book, Healing the Scars of Addiction, Reclaiming Your Life and Moving into a Healthy Future. What I love about this is it screams hope to me right at the, right at the yeah. outset because I think often people who have the scars of addiction, either addicts themselves or yeah. everyone who's affected around them, they don't feel That's right. Tell us about the book.
1: Well, this really grew out of our work now of over 31 years at the Center of Place of Hope. And hope is a big word for me. And I can only tell you, I can only be going now for 31 years if Mm -hmm. I didn't see uh, the results and that hope is real. But we need a plan. Mm -hmm. Now, the second fastest growing area that we're working with right now is, is anything to do with addiction. And Mm. if you think about it, Jeremiah, we live in a culture that's pretty easy, if you wanted to, to be addicted about anything. We live in this high-stimulus-seeking culture, Mm -hmm. and so here we go. You know, we can do technology, obviously food, alcohol, drugs, gambling. Mm -hmm. So addiction can take many different forms. Mm -hmm. I think there might even be a relationship addiction in there and sexual addiction as well. Tech addiction. So so when we talk about addiction, we're, we're really saying there's a lot of things that we can get wrapped into That end up controlling us. Mm -hmm. So addiction, and we work a lot with depression and anxiety. Mm -hmm. We're a facility where people come in from all over the country.
0: It's an incredible facility, friends. If you haven't, I mean, state of the art, incredible.
1: Well, it's it's a place of hope. (laughs) But we're finding uh, about half of who we see have addiction issues, and that number keeps going up. Mm -hmm. So maybe I'm Mm -hmm. suffering from anxiety, and I. Maybe it's depression, but underneath that could be an addiction. Hmm. And Hmm. a lot of times we don't understand what are the scars from addiction. Mm -hmm. And addiction sometimes can be a shaming word. You know, it's like, you know, I don't want to say I'm an alcoholic. I don't want to. An addict. An addict. Because for some, there's a shame attached to that. Mm -hmm. And I just want to take that off and say, you know what? There's freedom in getting help. Mm. And. You know, if you continue in this behavior, you know, let's say a person's food addiction, mm-hmm. what what what's life going to be in a year? It's going to take you down. I mean, addiction always does. It takes you down a path you never mm-hmm. want to go. Exactly. Yeah. But you know, most of us didn't say, you know, when I started drinking alcohol, I I didn't. My goal wasn't to be an alcoholic, mm-hmm. but that's what happened. Exactly. So addiction is big, and I really felt like mm. okay, uh, we've got to look at. Treating this um, in a more whole person manner, which we can talk about. Mm -hmm.
0: I want to ask you specifically, why this book right now? I mean, you're an accomplished author. Um, And you're known uh, throughout the medical community because, friends, you really pioneered. I think we should begin there. You pioneered back in the 80s holistic (laughs) care. And I think that we need to really explain that for our listeners. And, friends, if you're just joining us, my guest is Dr. Gregory Jantz, The Center, A Place for Hope. And I'm holding in my hand a book that has just come out, Healing the Scars of Addiction. I hope that you will buy it. And this is a book that I actually have more than one copy of because it's so effective. Uh, And, friends, I want to encourage you to order this right now. Uh, but, Dr. Jans, will you just tell us about what was so innovative, about why you're known for pioneering this holistic treatment? Well,
1: it was back in 1980. Now, I don't look that old, do no, I? No, okay. all. All right, I'm, good. i can attest to um, <laughs> That we began to look, and we know that uh, psychology alone, I'll, I'm going to be bold, psychology mm-hmm. alone doesn't have the answers. You, maybe some tools, uh, great. But uh, if we just rely on one single approach we 're never going to get care for the whole person, mm-hmm. so we began early on integrating at the time uh, nutrition into our program mm-hmm. dietitian, and we began early on integrating because we really felt like, hey, you know ultimately what you put in your mouth does matter mm-hmm. and so we began to look at what 's the effects of nutrition and my mental health interesting and uh, we always had a, always had a pastor on staff, so and we got several now who um, we know the spiritual piece that's got to be the foundation. So all, obviously our team are, are Christians or believers. But we also know that we've got if you look at uh, addiction or we look at depression, it's like a thousand-piece puzzle. Mm. There's a lot of different pieces, and it's not the same for everybody. I just was working with a guy not long ago, and he shares his story. He goes, man, I, he went and tried all the different programs for depression, all the different medications. And we asked him one question that he had never been asked, and the question was, "Tell me what you put in your mouth." Mm. So we can him keep a nutrition log, and this is a remarkable story because all these years of seeking help, nobody ever asked that question. Mm. Well, one thing he was doing, he is, is he was drinking about 10 to 12 pots of coffee a day. Oh, my gosh. And, and I said, pots? I said, this must be, must be a mistake. He said, no. I he worked from home and uh, suffered greatly from depression and anxiety. Now, being in Seattle, kind of having a little bit of caffeine is required. Yeah, exactly. 10 to, <laughs> 10, to, 10 to 12 pots is way over top. But he, I haven't heard that much before. <laughs> is that remarkable? But what happened when we began to take, and he never, he never even thought about that could be a problem. Mm-hmm. So you know there 's different reasons for depression there 's different that I would say in this case was probably an addiction mm-hmm. a caffeine addiction. so we look at the whole person we look at okay what 's going on in my brain chemistry. Uh, we also like using natural health care we, mm-hmm. we test people for nutrient deficiencies mm-hmm. um, if a person has been an addict for a lot lot of years. Usually, their nutrition's not that good, and they have a lot of digestive issues. so if we can bring the whole team together all of all the professionals, and just work on all those Listed. missing pieces and ask God for wisdom that's how we that's how we want to do this. Mm-hmm. But I think when we started in the early eighties, Jeremiah, I have to tell you we didn't really fully understand what we understand today. And also, that was a time where if you integrated nutrition and mental health and chemical dependency, that wasn't really the thing to do. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, maybe we got mislabeled for being new age or being something we weren't. Mm -hmm. Um, But we just wanted to bring together all the pieces of the whole person.
0: Mm. Fabulous. Uh, Before our break, we have about 120 seconds, but I want to ask you to react to something for a moment. Uh, My field is biblical scholarship. I'm a historical Jesus scholar, and so I, I love bringing the Bible to bear in these issues. And yet I I speak frequently and I say the Bible is a book of suffering. However, we are uniquely chosen by God to be the people who bring hope. Yes. We cannot find hope in social media or we cannot find hope even in the great things in life. The hope is found. We are the people of hope in God. Can you react to that for a moment? Oh,
1: absolutely. And for us... Uh, being a place of hope. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, we know that hope comes when you have a plan. And so we need a plan. So that's what we do. We help people find the plan that's going to be best for them. Mm. And, you know, some some people, it may be uh, depression is a lot of un- unforgiveness in their life, and that's the cleanse they need to have. It's different for everyone. Mm. So... There is hope, and I like being a part of the plan to create hope.
0: Friends, you're listening to the Jeremiah Johnston Show on Faith Radio Network. We have to go to a break, but don't change that dial because in 90 seconds, if you've, if you've loved Dr. Gregory Jantz, we're just getting started. Uh, I want to drill down a little bit more uh, on the plan for hope. Okay. I keep hearing that, and I think that is a powerful statement. I don't want our viewers and our listeners to miss. So, friends, uh, you're listening to the Jeremiah Johnston Show. We'll be back with you in a moment. Welcome back to the program. I'm Jeremiah, your host. You're listening to Faith Radio Network. And again, I want to thank everybody for the wonderful reviews you're giving us for the podcast. Thank you for subscribing. We're delighted uh, that you're finding this broadcast helpful. This is the program that gives you permission to doubt, that gives you permission to ask questions. It's not a sin to question your faith. It's not a sin to doubt your faith, but it is a sin to stay there. Uh, So if you've been in the quicksand of an unanswered question that's caused some kind of spiritual paralysis in your life, don't stay there. There are answers, and that's what this program is all about. And so many of us struggle with addiction, Dr. Jantz. I want to go right back to what we've been discussing. And, friends, I'm holding in my hand Healing the Scars of Addiction, a book that I think is essential for reclaiming your life. This is what we have to do. I think any successful person, any person who gets to the point of wanting priority in their life, spiritual priority, sayity, peace with God, peace with, within relationships, mm-hmm. peace in their community. You need help with a plan, don't you? We so do. can you just walk us through that? Because, yeah, we have a lot of people that are saying right now, listening to you all over America, yeah, I want hope, but what's my immediate next step? Right,
1: right. Well, one is, and the next step probably is, I understand I need help. Mm-hmm. And then followed up with that is, I've got to be willing to ask for help. We find most people wait too long and they go, oh, I should have done this so long ago. Mm -hmm. Because this is going to take you down a path ultimately of Mm self-destruction. The body breaks down, relationships break down. And so if we can make a decision today, okay, I don't know for sure what it is, but I am going to take some action steps. And one of them is I'm going to ask for help. Maybe I don't even know what that means. Maybe it means I have to uh, contact somebody and say what's going on, but I need to begin the process of asking for help. Mm-hmm. So that's, a, that's the first step. And
0: can, can I just ask something, and I love it that we're discussing yeah. in person right now, just reading your wonderful body language and how excited you are to share about this, but I think right there, and you're just getting into the, hope, the plan yeah. for hope, we have failed have failed. As a larger church community and giving people permission to ask for help in my travels, I am amazed how when we give people permission to just simply ask for help, that that brings immediate healing right Right. now. At least it starts the process. Can you just help someone who's listening to you right now, Dr. Jantz, that it's not a sin to ask for help?
1: Oh, I'm so glad you said that. In fact, um... It's really the healthy people that will ask for help, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, and not a, not a sin. I think what happens is when we don't ask for help, we can be on a path that creates sin because our addiction, addiction is, is, is secrecy. Addiction is deception. So we're likely in our addiction to end up doing things that could be sinful, but mm-hmm. struggling with an addiction and asking for help, that's not sinful. Uh, And you know what? We all know somebody. Uh, Mm -hmm. Probably one out of three folks have struggled with something as far as addiction. Mm -hmm. And we need to be willing to go, hey, there's grace, Mm -hmm. and we need to ask for help. There's different reasons for addiction. Mm -hmm. So there's really, the first step of freedom is, I don't know what it is, but Mm -hmm. I need help. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we get misguided with that because we'll, we'll tell ourselves this lie. The lie is... I can handle this on my own. Yeah, I'm going to do this on my own. Look, I can stop anytime. Mm-hmm. And so that we call that denial, but yeah. we're, we're lying to ourselves. Exactly. So we got to get out of that and say, no, this is bigger than me. If I could have, I would have. And I'm still doing this behavior. Mm-hmm. And you have to ask, you know, is this a life giving behavior? Where is it taking you? Mm-hmm. So have that conversation. You got to look in the mirror and go, ooh, mm-hmm. do I like where I'm going?
0: Can you talk for a moment? I receive thousands of questions at Christian yes. Thinker Society. The mission of our ministry is to encourage people to have a thinking faith. It's, yes. A Christian yes. thinker is not an oxymoron. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although for some it has been in the past, and right. we're changing that. Um, I receive so many questions from sincere Christians who have been told that it's never okay to be on any kind of medication, Okay. that -hmm. that chemical imbalance doesn't exist. They just need to come to the altar and pray it away, or it's demonic. And I want to make sure everyone understands me very clearly. Uh, I'm not saying in every case it's not that or every case it is, but I'm speaking to an expert, Dr. Gregory Jantz, if you're just joining us, who founded and pioneered the Center, A Place for Hope, in Washington. It's fabulous. It's changing thousands of lives. What would you say to someone who's been told it's never okay to be on medication?
1: Well, I think that's short-sighted thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, we really need to think this through. I think if we're just looking to a medication to, to meet all the answers, we're going to be disappointed. Mm-hmm. Folks coming to us oftentimes are on five or six different medications, and they're, they're going to go, you know what, this is not working, and I realize I need something more. So in our case, uh, our doctors at times will be doing more taking people off certain medications mm-hmm. than adding more. Yeah. Okay. So I have to tell you, there's times that I see medication can save a life, and I'm mm-hmm. grateful for that. Um, but don't rely on that as the only thing you're going to do. Let's yeah, look at exactly. the whole person. Let's find out what else, you know, what's that depression telling you? What else needs addressed in your life?
0: Mm-hmm. How's your sleep? I mean, what I love Uh, What you're doing is uh, my wife and I made this priority over a decade ago in our life. We realized that if we did not have a holistic approach to our health, one thing impacts the others. These cannot be compartmentalized. In fact, I think there's a lot of medical doctors out there that need to treat people the way you do, Dr. Jantz, uh, bring that holistic healing. Um, I do want to talk because you discuss this in your book. Um, and I want to just touch on it, and you've written about it elsewhere wonderfully. Friends, again, my guest, if you're just joining us on Faith Radio Network, this is the Jeremiah Johnston Show, is Dr. Gregory Jantz, an incredible speaker, a wonderful man, and a phenomenal author who knows how to equip you and resource you. If you have anyone right now in your life who you know is struggling with addiction, I wholeheartedly endorse this incredible resource. I want to speak for a few minutes about depression because I noted recently that who the World Health Organization mm-hmm. came out and said that depression is the leading cause of disability worldwide. Yes. What are you seeing in your practice, and is it the, is it similar both inside and outside faith communities, and what what are the remedies?
1: It is, and what we're finding also the World Health Organization said by the year 2020 that depression will be the number one. They call it a disease, mm-hmm. number one disease in the world. So wow. that means. Depression's above cancer, it's above mm-hmm. heart disease, so this is a global epidemic. So mm-hmm. that said, we, we all know somebody who struggled, if it's not uh, us, mm-hmm. and we're seeing depression younger ages, not uncommon mm-hmm. for us to see 13, 14-year-olds. We're, and we have to go, what is the world we're living in? What's the culture? What's the technology? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're seeing more and more addiction start at younger ages. Mm. So we've got to look at all that. But the depression is on the increase. Mm. Uh, depression and anxiety. Mm. A few years ago, a news organization was trying to figure out and surveyed a bunch of uh, treatment providers and uh, to find out what is successful treatment for depression. Mm. Um, we were put in the... It's a top 10 list of places to go to get help for depression. And we were put in that list. And I feel the reason why we're on that list is, first of all, we are a faith-based program. Mm. So we've got to pray. If you're struggling with depression, you know, I understand the prayer. Lord, relieve me of this. I'm suffering. I get that prayer. Sometimes we also need to pray, Lord, God, give me wisdom to know what I need to do. Mm -hmm. And praying for wisdom. So our... Our providers, our clinical team, we actually will pray for a person wow. and pray for that wisdom because what are the missing pieces to the mm-hmm. puzzle? What needs that attention? Mm-hmm. And so when we do that as a team, we just feel it makes a big difference. Depression. Um, I, I believe that uh, we need to be very sensitive to a person who's suffering from depression because they'll tend to isolate more and more. We see what's happening with suicide rates mm-hmm. and suicide with our youth, mm-hmm. you know. Unfortunately, uh, I mean almost in the news nearly daily about some somebody who has committed suicide. Mm-hmm. And uh, people need to know, I mean that's desperation, yeah. that they have options. Mm-hmm. There are options even though you can't see them.
0: Mm. Friends, my guest is Dr. Gregory Jantz. You're listening to The Jeremiah Johnston Show. We need to take a break, but when we come back, I want to discuss something that we often hear. We are all far more dangerous to ourselves than we are to other people. Don't change that dial. I'm talking with Dr. Gregory Jantz. This is The Jeremiah Johnston Show. Welcome back to the Jeremiah Johnston Show. This is the program that helps you tackle those unanswered questions head on. And we are discussing a subject that you all know, if you listen to this program with any regularity, is something we are extremely passionate about discussing because it's the number one question that I'm asked. I've been asked 10,000 questions via text message, Dr. Jantz. Wow. And my guest wow. is Dr. Gregory Jantz. And my number one question is suicide and mental health in the Christian life. Okay. For every one question I receive... On the Bible, we've received three on mental health and mental challenges. Um, What do you think about the statement, we're all more dangerous to ourselves than we are to other people?
1: Well, we can be, and we lose perspective, and uh, we isolate, and then we start to do self-destructive behaviors. Mm -hmm. The ultimate self-destructive behavior, of course, is taking your life. But the more we're alone, the more our thinking loses touch with reality, mm-hmm. and we don't see options. And the only option we see is, is perhaps at the end, to take our life, because we don't see options. That's desperation.
0: Mm-hmm. Dr. Jantz, I want to ask you to encourage someone today, because ultimately death is obviously physical death. But I think when we read the scriptures we see that there's there's several levels of death. Mm -hmm. First, our relationship with God can just go down the tank. Our relationships with other people, there's physical death, there's soul death, there's there's death when you feel like you just can't think straight anymore. Um, What would you say to someone who is struggling right now who's listening to you? Or perhaps they've been struggling for years with a son or daughter, grandson or granddaughter, Can they come join you? Can they have an appointment with you? Can they come to the Hope Center? I mean, can you just tell us for someone that has their pen out, they're listening to you, they need hope, what can they do?
1: Well, we need to take an action step. Mm -hmm. And we are a resource, and uh, we have resources, actually, of trusted resources of people and organizations that we've worked with through the years. Because we're a facility where people come and stay for mm-hmm. four weeks, six weeks, or whatever is needed. Yes. But then we really believe that we've got to make that transition back home. You've got to have a great aftercare plan. You've got to have great support when you go home. And so we uh, are connected with great resources i believe throughout our country so mm. there there is help mm. and there are resources mm. and sometimes people go well you know i went to a counselor i did this or that this is not the time to to give up that's right that's Kay? right and i always say get a handful of people that will pray for you and pray for for your victory pray yes. for that wisdom yeah. and making sure that you're covered mm-hmm.
0: Dr. Jance, I would like to discuss for a moment. We have many pastors who connect to this program. um, And I'm delighted, first and foremost, by all the pastors out there who are willing to discuss depression, anxiety, and associated mental illnesses. But I want to share a story with you because in one of our recent books, Audrey and I interviewed a friend of ours. uh, And if you would have, you would never have picked out this family to have any issues in their life. I mean, Mm -hmm. gentleman's a medical doctor elder in the church i mean this is a gold star family in the church this is the kind of family every pastor would want in their church and yet one of them anna who i interview in the book developed a eating disorder which Mm -hmm. i understand is the most fatal of all the mental Mm -hmm. illnesses Mm -hmm. eating disorders Uh, and it became difficult for her to stand and worship because of body image issues it became extremely difficult for her to even participate uh, with communion the lord's supper she could not even eat the lord's supper without Feeling right, right. Uh, terrible, destructive thoughts, um, and she said that she made a statement. And I just I want to keep encouraging people who are listening to this broadcast. She said, while I was silent about my mental illness and my eating disorder, it gave me it gave it so much power over me. Mm, but she yes. said that her pastor never talked about it. And this is a solid church, great sure. church, but she never heard that it was okay to struggle. She never heard it from the pastor. So I want you to speak to two people for a moment, if you would speak to someone like Anna, who's out there, perhaps eating disorder, whatever. uh, And they've just never heard this. This may be the first Christian context, this program, where they're hearing these discussion points out in the open. But secondly, will you challenge pastors to get your book, Healing from the Scars of Addiction and others to resource and equip themselves, encourage pastors who perhaps are barely coping themselves that they have to speak to this issue.
1: We need to be talking about some of the mental health issues because that's what we're struggling with. And you made a very good point that oftentimes a pastor or a person in ministry likewise has struggles, but they're so isolated. So we work with um, probably an average of two pastors a month who come to us for depression specifically. And we have way wow. too many tired and weary, mm-hmm. it's, it's beyond burnout, it really yeah. is depression, uh, pastors and people in the ministry, uh, who really need to have a, a new revival within themselves mm-hmm. and their health and their well-being. Mm-hmm. We need to look at, we're, we're in this for the long run, we mm-hmm. gotta keep ourselves healthy. But so often we we have a hard time practicing that good self care. Yes. Uh, I made a lot of mistakes early on, and I got myself mm-hmm. I in, in trouble because I wasn't practicing good self care. Mm-hmm. So I know what I don't want to go back to. Yeah. <laughs> and so I know also also from experience. So I was I uh, struggled with depression. I struggled with anxiety because I was not practicing good self care. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I just want to say, pastors, I think, struggle because who do I talk to? Mm -hmm. Who do I talk to? And I'm supposed to have all the answers, or most of the answers, so... Uh, there can be a lot of obstacles to getting help. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you the two ways that we generally see pastors is um, an elder board or deacons have said, demanded it. You know, you yeah. need to have a sabbatical, uh, mm-hmm. a mental health sabbatical, or yeah, which is a nice way of saying you yeah. need to go get some help. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, but um, we love the pastors. I I love working with them because um, their hearts are hearts uh, to really help change lives, but. They need to get themselves healthy. Mm -hmm. So we're seeing more depression. I'm going to add anxiety, depression and anxiety among among people in ministry. Mm.
0: Friends, uh, we're running out of time. Uh, My guest today is Dr. Gregory Jantz. Um, You've been listening to this program as he's discussed the Center, A Place for Hope. And let me just encourage you, if you're struggling, if you know someone who's struggling, go right now to www.aplaceofhope.com. Dot com that 's a place of hope dot com and definitely connect with Dr. E, Dr. Jantz on social media. Uh, final question, I ask all of my guests this question sure. I hope you don 't mind. This throws open the floodgate, Let's um, do it. but I personally believe that vulnerability is the new superpower in reaching people, yeah. and um, i I deal in the whole realm of unanswered questions. Yes. Would you be willing to share with our audience here on this program? What's the unanswered question that perhaps you struggled with in the past or perhaps you're currently dealing with it right now and you're just you're, this is the one unanswered question if you could ask God right now, you would ask Him. What well, would that be?
1: Growing up in the heart of the Bible Belt, uh, I always wondered if I was saved. Mm-hmm. I, I grew up <laughs> yeah. in a church where I made a lot of trips to the altar because our uh, the, the, the pastor used to yep. sing Just As I Am and the pastor yep. would say, there's just one more. I always thought it was me. Yeah. <laughs> so um, growing up as a small kid i remember multiple visits to the altar and that was never intentional but but i always had the question well am i really am i really saved Mm -hmm. and related to that question is does god really love me Mm -hmm. and so um that was something i'm more confident in that now but growing up that was and it's a question i carried for a long time am i really saved do I need to ask Christ in my heart one more time? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. Yeah,
0: I love that. Thank you for sharing yes. that with us, Dr. Jantz. And, uh, friends, uh, I want to encourage you again to get Healing the Scars of Addiction. Just uh, recently released another another Baker author, so with Revell Books, oh, uh, yes. published by Revell. Great. We love Baker Bookhouse uh, here at the Jeremiah Johnston Show. We love Baker Publishing. Uh, but, Dr. Jantz, thank you so much. Friends, we've been discussing something that statistics tell us 48% of of those of you listening, will at some time in your life struggle personally uh, with one of the associated mental illnesses? And certainly if you don't, someone around you is right now. It's something we all need to be more sensitive to. And so I praise God for you. I praise God for your ministry. I praise God for your scholarship, your expertise, Mm -hmm. your writing. Thank you for providing gifts like this book to the church so we know how to minister. And as a father of five, uh, I'm just so delighted to know that there are places like a place for hope out there. So, Dr. Jantz, thank you. And will you make a commitment right now, eye to eye, that you'll come back on the Jeremiah Johnson show in the future? Okay, I will do it. (laughs) Yes, it's teamwork. That's right. That's right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Welcome back to the Jeremiah Johnston Show. This is your host, Jeremiah. This is our power teaching segment of today's broadcast. Again, my thanks to Dr. Gregory Jantz. And let me encourage you, as I have this entire hour, you want to pick up this book, Healing the Scars of Addiction. I just love the preface. This book is dedicated to those struggling to overcome addiction, who try and fail, then try again, who stumble and fall and find a way to get back on their feet, who refuse to give up on their dreams of a better life, who cling to the hope they are worth that life because they are, Dr. Jantz writes. This is a great book. I have a couple copies myself because I just can't seem to hold on to them. I keep giving them away because we all know someone who's an addict. We all know someone who is struggling. And friends, as Christians, This is a place, no pun intended, for grace to shine through all of us. Don't be a Pharisee. Don't be someone who's a judgmental Christian. Be that person who is like the God of the second, third, fourth, and fifth chance. Jesus said in Hebrews that he will never, 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 never leave us, never forsake us. It is a program, though, that as we've been discussing, uh, dedicated to gratitude. This is a Thanksgiving broadcast today, this weekend. So, again, wherever you're joining us, you might be traveling right now. Let me again just wish you a happy Thanksgiving and a wonderful Merry Christmas Advent season. Luke 12:48 is a passage that I often think of when gratitude comes to mind. To whom much is given, much will be required. Have you been given something? Have you been blessed? The Bible says to whom much is given, much more will be required. And I don't know about you, but I look at my life, and my gosh, there's been adversities, there's been challenges, there have been disappointments, but there have been significant blessings. And I praise God Almighty for the blessings of my life. And I hope that you will do that this weekend Make it an exercise with your family to actually experience gratitude. And I want to speak to those of you listening for a few moments because as Christians, if you're listening to this broadcast, we need to do a much better job leading out and being an example of gratitude in our communities. I am troubled, especially with many of the – you know, I speak all over the world. I speak all over the continental United States, the Canadian provinces – I marvel at how few people there are that truly know how to express gratefulness to God and gratefulness to friends and family. It is so important. And you know what? We can do a lot better job, I think, than just sending a text message, hey, thanks, that was awesome. That's so easy. It's so cheap. Um, Gosh, we've lost the power of sitting down and writing a handwritten thank you note, just saying, hey, I just want to express to you how special you are to me. Or that thing you did for my kids or my grandkids, you went out of your way. You went the extra mile. You really showed them, Jesus. Thank you. Um, so let me ask you a question. If you're listening to this power teaching moment, do you want to get healthier in your life? Do you want to strengthen your immune system? Do you actually want to lower your b- blood pressure? Guess how you can do get healthier, strengthen your immune system, and lower your blood pressure? You can become a person of gratitude. In fact, I just used this material. It's some fascinating research coming out. You all know I'm constantly researching how to have better mental wellness. Well, did you know the most important barometer of your mental health right now? Are you ready for this? How you experience gratitude in your personal life is the most important indicator of your own personal mental health and wellness. Experiencing gratitude will make you stronger and healthier. Gratitude actually confirms we did not accomplish anything on our own. And you know what I think is really cool is we can express gratitude in a range of ways. You can leave a post-it note for your spouse and make that the most romantic post-it note they've ever seen before you go to work. And, you know, we have this birthday tradition in the Johnston family. It's a wonderful tradition, and I would encourage you to please take it. I don't know how we started it. I don't remember how it originated. But at whoever's birthday it is in my home, yes, we do birthday. Yes, we do the typical traditional cake and candles and gifts, of course. But we take a moment. We have a family of seven, so think about this. So six people speak about the one person whose birthday it is, and we all go around the circle or the room or the dinner table, and we tell Justin, how much we love him, and why. I want to share this to so many of you because I am an ordained minister. That means I marry and bury, just like many others. I have been at so many funerals with families who are struggling, with families who are suffering with grief, and they stand at a coffin to say something that should have been said during that individual's lifetime. And in this broadcast where we're taking a moment to celebrate gratitude, And where I'm challenging you to experience gratitude in your personal life, make sure you carve out time in your family, with your loved ones, with your chosen family, to express gratitude and to show love. Don't wait till till a funeral. Don't wait till you're standing at someone's coffin to say something that you should have said when they were indeed alive and in your presence. So that's a tradition that I've absolutely loved in our family. Mental and spiritual health, though, as we've been talking about this entire broadcast, it is a never-ending battle. But the most important way that we can immediately check our own mental health is how do you experience gratitude? Um, there's a famous course right now happening at Yale University. It's the most popular course. You can actually Google this in history of the University of Yale. And I spent some time in New Haven myself uh, at Yale Divinity School studying at the Beinecke rare books museum it's fabulous incredible library um and i'm just think it's remarkable that this number one most popular course right now at yale is a course on happiness it's a course on mental health and this professor who uh, i don't believe i at least she, i don't know that she's any kind of person of faith but she challenges her students to keep a gratitude journal to think of ways in which they can find gratitude around them and then to express that in unique, wonderful ways. Have you ever been a recipient of a random act of of kindness? You know, you're at Starbucks in the drive-thru, and the person in front of you buys your coffee who you'll never know Uh, You know, we as Christians should lead out by being generous and kind. This is the beauty of the Christian message. It is not survival of the fittest. It is the fact that our Savior came and died for the unfittest, if you will, of society and those around us. And so Jesus obviously expressed gratitude. But as we saw at the top of the broadcast, he certainly noticed those people who couldn't say thank you. He noticed those individuals who were unable to express gratitude. Guess what? They had a sense of entitlement. And I hope that you don't have a sense of entitlement. If somebody buys your lunch, say thank you. Somebody that gives you a gift, say hey, thank you. Someone gives you a lift or a ride, say hey, thank you. Go out of your way to say thank you. I often think of the Apostle Paul. He's actually been called the Apostle of Thanksgiving because The Apostle Paul, though he had all of these trials, he was always constantly preaching and talking about the need to be thankful. He said in 1 Thess 5.18, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. He said in Ephesians 20, Paul taught us to give thanks for all things, giving thanks for all things unto God the Father in the the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul taught that not being thankful was actually, this is fascinating to me as as an apologist, not being a person of gratitude is the first step in apostasy, in falling away from the faith. Listen to Romans 121, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Listen, neither were they thankful, but became vain in their imaginations and their foolish hearts, Were indeed darkened, and so I just want to pause for a moment and challenge you. Take a moment, have an authentic gratitude in your life. Be a person of gratitude, and absolutely watch your mental health become sharper. Now I want to transition for a moment because I want to just discuss some of the things that Dr. Gregory Jantz and I have been discussing this hour. I have thought of so many things during our conversation as it relates not just to addiction but to mental health and mental wellness. And what I love is as I've said, as you all have heard, if you've listened to this entire show, and again, remember, if you've missed any of it, subscribe to the Jeremiah Johnston show. I'm just delighted uh, by all the wonderful reviews and ratings we're receiving on iTunes. I'm so grateful when I see the show shared on social media. I'm grateful we are doing this as a ministry to you, to equip and resource you to love God with your heart, soul, and mind and to have a thinking faith. And so I do want to share something with you, and this is a true-false questionnaire that I give out to anyone um, who is struggling with suicide. So if you want this true-false questionnaire, it's something that will help you teach kind of the do's and don'ts of how to have an informed faith and speak to this whole question of mental health, suicide, mental wellness. If you want that, just send me an email at jeremiah at christianthinkers.com. Our team will share that directly with you. Make sure that you take steps in your life to be a grateful person, but also make no mistake, mental health, as we've been talking with Dr. Jantz, it is a holistic thing. Get plenty of rest. Read your Bible. Keep first things first. Go to a good Bible-preaching church. That's half the battle right there. This has been a power teaching moment for the Jeremiah Johnston Show. I'm going to be back in 90 seconds answering some of your questions that you've submitted at AskJJJ.com. Stay with us. Welcome back to the final segment of the Jeremiah Johnson Show. This is your host, Jeremiah, and I'm answering a variety of questions in this segment that have been submitted on AskJJJ.com. And just remember, if you're listening in the podcast later, uh, I'm happy to read out your questions, so go ahead and submit that at AskJJJ.com. Here's a question that Kathleen uh, submitted to us. Dr. Johnston, my my sisters have had abortions. Should I forgive them and then go on to have a relationship with them? Kathleen, um, this is such a difficult issue, so thank you so much for submitting this question to me. And this question, along with any other question, it really doesn't matter what I think. All that matters is what the Holy Scriptures say to us about this issue. And something that the Bible could not be more clear on, what separates us from the animal world, what separates us from atheistic Darwinian evolutionary thinking, is the fact that early on in the first book of the Bible... In fact, in the first chapter of Genesis, it says that God made man in his own image. We are a special, unique creation in the image of God. In fact, we are so special as humans, God was able to become one of us and indeed take our place on the cross and die for us and then raise from the grave physically three days later. What am I saying? Every single person is valuable Not because of their finances, not because of who they are, not because of their popularity. They are valuable because they are human, made in the image of God. And so obviously abortion is a sin. However, so many people around us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I have, you have, if you're listening to this, we have all fallen short of the glory of God. Who could stand if God, if God would would count sin, who could stand, David actually asked. I mean, it's a powerful thought. And so... I'm so sorry to hear that your sisters have had abortions. I'm sorry for them as well. I'm sorry for anyone who's listening who's gone through the pain of an abortion. And I know there are all sorts of reasons. But should you forgive them and go on to have a relationship with them? The scripture under the authority of the Bible says, yes, we should forgive them. Yes, we should go on to have a relationship with them. Forgiving someone does not endorse their activity. It does not say, hey, it's okay what you did. It is saying something so much more powerful. I am not going to let that hinder me in my life, and I am forgiving you. And you know what is so powerful? Maybe you forgiving your sisters is the first step in them receiving God's forgiveness in their own life. Your sister, your family, it's so hard to reach out and minister to those that we're so close to. At the same time when you do do this as a family as an immediate family member it reverberates it makes a huge impact so kathleen thank you so much for your question i really appreciate that um tania sent me a question is it wrong dr johnston to date someone who is not a christian tania thank you so much for your question i only have about 30 seconds i don't think it's right to date a non-christian and again there (laughs) this deserves an entire program but if you can don't just find a Christian. To me, I go a step further. Find a growing Christian. If you want a marriage that's going to be awesome, that's going to be awesome sauce, that's going to be fantastic, find some a spouse that you can read your Bible with and pray with. Uh, That's what's going to make your marriage strong. That's what's going to make your relationship strong. This has been a powerful broadcast. I'm so grateful for our guest, Dr. Gregory Jantz. I'm grateful for all of you who have submitted questions. This is your host, Jeremiah Johnston, and see you next time on the Jeremiah Johnston Show. Hi, I'm Jeremiah Johnston. Thanks for listening to the podcast from the Jeremiah Johnston Show. I definitely want to hear from you, so if you have a follow-up question from today's program, you can submit it to me at www.askjjj.com. you also see how you can connect with us from there across social media. And don't forget, these conversations are available because of listener support. And you can make a gift right now to the Faith Radio Network at www.myfaithradio.com. And to avoid missing future editions of the Jeremiah Johnston Show, please subscribe to the podcast at iTunes. You can do it with Google Play, RSS feed. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and growing the impact of the program.